At a crossroads of uncertainty and opportunity, how do you navigate forward? This podcast focuses on making smart choices in a rapidly changing world. We investigate the challenges of being at a crossroads and finding the opportunities that arise out of disruption. Listen in on future forward conversations with the brightest luminaries, movers, and shakers. Let's navigate forward together and create what's next. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Navigating Forward podcast. My name is Lisa Thee, and I'll be your host today. We love to bring you the most innovative movers, shakers, and luminaries in the field to help understand where we're going in the future and how we can all be part of that journey. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Arikali Bardesi, who leads the Center for AI and Robotics for the United Nations. He will be joining us to talk about interesting topics, including Web3 and the metaverse and where we're all going. So I want to welcome you to our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lisa, for inviting me to the podcast. Yes. So uh, we had a chance to get connected via the World AI Festival in Cannes, France, uh, earlier this year. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what you talked about on those stages? Uh, thank you, Lisa. And uh, it's been um, quite a fascinating journey for the last five, six years, especially even longer, where AI became a mainstream issue and there has been numerous events globally organized on this exponentially a growing technology, which has an impact both on the positive and negative side and potentially can change the way we're living altogether. From the United Nations to the events like what was organized in Cannes, there are many, many different types of discussions how artificial intelligence can help all of us to solve large problems like the UN Sustainable Development Goals, or at least contribute to to solution to that because we don't need to be naive that AI is going to solve it all. Certainly not. It's a tool which will help us to solve problems. But at the same time, it has potential to create numerous issues which we would need to solve. And unless we solve it, we may actually end up in a situation where human rights might be infringed or numerous other type of problems might be created, which uh, we would definitely would like to avoid. Yes, agreed for sure. Can you talk a little bit about your childhood and how you ended up leading in this field? What do you think inspired you to go this direction? Hmm. Uh, there are, yeah, probably a number of things here, but uh, uh, my childhood was... Uh, um, actually, I, I, I was growing up in a country which doesn't exist any longer. Uh, it was USSR, Soviet Union, uh, in, a, in a very non-Soviet part of Soviet Union, which is called Georgia. And this was a quite a, a kind of eclectic changing uh, childhood while it was quite peaceful in the beginning. Later on, uh, I lived through two or three civil wars where to reach my university first year, at least I had to cross two firing lines or two firing sort of uh, 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 sides uh, during the civil war. So there, there has been a number wow. of, yes. <laughs> and uh, my, my first job uh, at the United Nations was during that time when I joined the World Food Program and I assisted actually the program to deliver food in a, a war-torn regions of Georgia and surrounding uh, where we had a numerous issues related to food shortages or, or, or extreme poverty due to the civil civil war. Later on, um, I actually left Georgia and, uh, and went uh, as a student to the United States where I studied political science, continuing my law studies in Georgia in parallel, and, uh, and later on ended up in Finland studying international relations and technology at the University of Tampere. That led me 
to numerous travels and ending up in The Hague working for the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons. It's a global body which uh, ensures the proper implementation of the Chemical Weapons Convention. Um, I worked there on numerous issues related to counterterrorism, uh, chemical terrorism, or issues related to bringing uh, new and difficult countries into the convention and so on and so forth. Later on, I actually worked on specialized UN programs on biological, chemical and nuclear disarmament and risk mitigation. And and then at one point uh, in 2014, initiated the first program on artificial intelligence and robotics within the UN uh, uh, agencies ending up organizing a meeting on artificial intelligence at the UN General Assembly in 2015, where we probably first time discussed the issues of the near-term or long-term consequences of artificial intelligence, both from the negative and positive side. And from that onwards, basically, I've headed to creating the Center uh, of AI and Robotics, which is located in The Hague, the Netherlands, City of Peace, Justice, Security and Innovation. And uh, we continue implementing numerous programs with support and for support of the United Nations member states. Wonderful. And for folks that are trying to understand where AI has a role as a tool, not a solution in counterterrorism and de-escalating conflict, can you share with us a little bit of the vision of the center and why it's important to the UN to have a point of view and a place for innovation? Well, number one is that uh, artificial intelligence is a is a very powerful, exponentially growing technology, which uh, has a potential to and I'm quoting Secretary General of the UN, change our lives in a spectacular fashion. And uh, he calls the AI as a game changer, technology which can actually do both a lot of good, like what we're examining at the UN at the AI for good summits, for example, or other venues, and can do an enormous harm, like complete infringement of human rights or other type of harms like he, Uh, uh, AI being used for criminal purposes or terrorist purposes or even long-term consequences like the existential risks like uh, superintelligence and and other type of issues. The center is focused on uh, issues related to the crime, crime prevention, criminal justice, rule of law, human rights. And we're looking at both how criminals can use artificial intelligence and how to mitigate that and how law enforcement can use artificial intelligence to solve the problems, but how to do all of that in a human rights compliant manner. So this is what basically Center envisages and envisions. And our vision is very clear that we are promoting the use of technology, but use of technology responsibly and in such a way which will not infringe and which will not violate human rights. Yeah, as we all know, most technology innovations are neutral. And unfortunately, with that, uh, there can be some unintended consequences. So I think it's really interesting when you talk about the space around how to use technology of this caliber with law enforcement in a human rights compliant way. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys are managing through those ethical lines? Because a lot of that isn't technology driven any longer. It's more government and philosophy and all the humanities that help us decide what's okay and not okay. Would love to hear your point of view on that. Yes, definitely. And I think that I think that this is extremely important to get it right from the onset and from the design to its deployment entire cycle. Otherwise, we may actually... Uh, this is the 
area where, where we're operating is extremely sensitive and extremely, yeah, put it this way, extremely sensitive in that sense that uh, if you make mistakes here, you create such a big public backlash that uh, we may it may take us years to repair that. Therefore, it is extremely important to get it right from the beginning. And that's why we are implementing multi-stakeholder processes along the way. So we're consulting all interested stakeholders, whether it's private sector, academia, governments, civil society, and others. Now, one of the big streams what we are involved right now is the development of a specialized toolkit. And we call it Toolkit for the Responsible Use of AI for the Law Enforcement. And this is our joint work from with, with the UN and, uh, and Interpol with support of European Commission. And we are going to launch end of the year an operational guidebook, which is going to help the law enforcement agencies implement and use the technology like artificial intelligence in a human rights compliant manner in a responsible way. So we're developing numerous resources for that toolkit, which is going to be extremely practical and uh, extremely usable for the 193 countries in the world. So this is the entire UN. Uh, Very exciting to hear that we're convening and starting with safety by design and really thinking through the implications of things in a coordinated international way. Because as we know, criminals don't respect uh, state and country boundaries, right? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) It's it's something that affects us all from uh, geolocation to multiple platforms to multiple governments. We need to learn how to be a more united front on what is okay and not okay. So with that, can you talk a little bit about how you guys are using data and analytics to decide where to focus? It's such a broad purview of AI and robotics. You can apply that so many places. How do you prioritize where you put your focus and what your goals are for the next uh, year or two? Well, sure. I mean, we are a UN agency, so we are very closely working with the United Nations member states. We are working within our uh, strategic framework and consulting UN member states. So any action which we take, it's in consultation in support of the actions taken by the United Nations member states. Now, in our area, we are uh, looking at uh, issues related to the crime prevention, and we are looking at some of the topics where we think that artificial intelligence can make a bigger contribution. For example, one of our flagship projects right now, it's called AI for Safer Children. This is a project where we are working to build, and uh, and it is almost actually built and going to be launched very soon, uh, a global hub. We have a collection of artificial intelligence tools, more than 40, through the tech providers, which is going to help and service 193 UN member states The hub is going to include its learning center and training and mentoring possibilities to the uh, law enforcement across the globe. Wow. These are the type of tools which use use different type of techniques, face recognition technology, object recognition technology, natural natural language processing, and a number of other techniques, which helps an individual law enforcement agent to uh, conduct its investigation on the sexual exploitation and abuse of children online effectively. Uh, when we see the type of backlogs the law enforcement agents have, which is could be from six months to one year or more, if not using that type of technologies, if not dwelling on the power of artificial intelligence, we may actually end up in a world where 
problems such as uh, sexual exploitation, abuse of children online will never be solved or will be only marginally solved. So through that type of uh, larger project, we are uh, bringing together law enforcement, tech providers, and other entities like the UN member states to help them leverage the technology like artificial intelligence to make a very direct, practical contribution to their work. So it's a very focused, best known resources model where you can go to one place and you don't have to go reinvent the wheel agency by agency. You're going to be provided solutions that take you from the journey of education through mentorship and how to use the tools that are available on the platforms more effectively. Yes, yeah, basically it is. Uh, and uh, and as a UN agency, obviously, we're doing all of this free of charge. Everything is at the service of UN member states. So there are no participation fees or any training fees involved in that. On the contrary, we are actually there to support countries to receive such trainings, uh, which we'll start doing it from the next year. This year, we focused on the building the hub itself, building the community around the hub. And uh, I can tell you that in two weeks, we're going to have a second uh, stakeholder meeting for law enforcement, where we're going to have around 400 law enforcement agencies participating virtually to be introduced to the details of the hub and uh, understand how to use its services in the couple of months to come. During the General Assembly session, In New York, in September, we're going to launch officially the hub together with our partners from the United Arab Emirates, uh, which is uh, supporting launching and implementation of this project, Ministry of Interior of it. And uh, later on, we're going to start conducting uh, trainings and other activities. Well, I must say, as somebody who's worked and focused in this field since 2015, this is like a dream come true. I feel like when we were talking about CSUN back then, we were fairly naive about where we were going and what we could do about it. And I think we've really accelerated the best in breed thinking. And I'm really excited to see the impact that it's going to have on marginalized women and children globally by providing better tools for law enforcement to strengthen our protections of our legacies. So with that in mind, do you mind sharing with me some of your favorite accomplishments so far that the center has been able to contribute? Number one is that center has put on the global map or global discussion map, the issue related to how AI can be used responsibly by law enforcement and gather together the law enforcement agencies from all over the world together with Interpol to participate in a dialogue where on the one hand we share practices, how to solve problems efficiently, and second, and which is really important and underlying, is how to do it in a responsible and uh, human rights compliant manner. Number two is that we've uh, we've issued numerous reports and numerous uh, research papers. All of them are cutting edge. Uh, one of the latest one was the report together with uh, Europol, where we talked about malicious uses and abuses of artificial intelligence, an extremely important guide for the law enforcement agencies to understand how criminals can use AI and how to preempt it and how to ensure that you are fully prepared for that. Uh, Center is only five years old. And uh, we've been on all major global forums at the moment and contributing and plugged in with uh, governance discussions. And governance of AI is going to be one of the dominant issues probably within the United Nations in years to come. I do believe that we will have sectoral governances and one of them will be in in a sensitive area like law enforcement where we are directly contributing to. 
a lot of our listeners are the C-suite or leadership of large tech companies, including the boards. If you had one thing that you wanted them to be more aware of when it comes to safety and uh, collaboration with law enforcement on global platforms, what would you like them to know that they can do to be part of solving this problem? Well, number one is that we are actually collaborating with a number of tech uh, companies and we'd be happy to expand our horizon and uh, bring in more in our thinking. I think it is extremely important that the UN and specialized UN agencies are in a direct and intensive or vigorous talks with and collaborative talks with tech companies, especially on or the companies at large. So we are very open and happy to collaborate uh, on that sense. And uh, I'd be happy to have a direct conversations how they can provide and help and, and sustain. Obviously, uh, all our projects uh, require funding. So I'd be very happy to discuss that type of possibilities, how others can contribute in making uh, good from the AI and related tech. We're looking at a very dangerous phenomena of, of uh, growing global divide where we see that only a number of countries have adopted the national plans on AI and technology and are accelerating their research, which is wonderful, and, and investments. But then we have almost two-thirds of the world, which actually has not adopted such plans and, and may be falling behind or there might be such a possibility. So we all need to actually wary of such problems and taking steps to mitigate that. Fair enough, fair enough. You work in some pretty uh, difficult areas. What do you do? Where do you reach to on the days where you wake up and you're just not feeling excited about where the future is going? How do you recharge your batteries? How do you focus on your own wellness? That's a good question, Lisa. I mean, we have a, I have a wonderful team who I'm working with and the very motivated young people who thinking along with us, with me 24 hours and we are actually are extremely motivated to see how much can be accomplished within that space, how much is there to be done in the future, and what are the new potentials and new initiatives, right? Now we have new projects which we are looking at to launch and, uh, and are preparing in the field of the metaverse, for example, which been sort of dominated uh, uh, discussions in recent years and uh, or recent months rather than years, or uh, issues related to blockchain, Web3, cryptocurrencies, and others as well. So we have quite a lot to do and uh, and uh, quite motivated team to actually try to accomplish all of that. So you're living your mission along with your uh, career. So you recharge your batteries at the office, huh? I definitely do. Very good. Well, thank you so much. For folks that want to follow along with the journey of the center and the things that you're doing, where's the best place to connect with you and follow along? They can actually follow us on uh, social media. I post quite a lot on LinkedIn, on Twitter as well. So please do that. If um, anyone has a interesting sort of collaborative ideas, they can directly reach out to us through our website, to the Unicris website. So we will always respond and uh, we'll be always open for uh, dialogues, new partnerships and ideas, how to actually build a safer world and how to ensure the technology is there to be used for good and its uh, risks are mitigated properly. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa, very much. And I'm glad that I was invited. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Navigating Forward podcast. We'd love to hear from you. At a crossroads of uncertainty and opportunity, how do you navigate forward? We'll see you next time.